You're listening to a Bill Bennett podcast special feature. It's a conversation with Charles Koch. He is the chairman and CEO of Koch Industries. This episode is part five of our eight-part conversation, and we discuss the virtuous cycle. At this point in our discussion, Charles begins to give us insight on why he's making such a huge effort to deal with the problems we face in society. Here's Charles Koch. Well, I've uh, I've been fascinated with the principles of uh, of human progress for uh, for a long time, and what I've learned is the history of humanity has been the story of the of the struggle of people uh, trying to make a better life for themselves, but being held back by uh, by those in power. And to me, this is the great tragedy of the human condition, because I, I believe the evidence is that virtually everybody has the capability to learn, contribute, and succeed if they have the freedom and opportunity to do so, because when they do, it enables them to become motivated, to become productive, and, and innovative, basically because all of us have a gift of 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 some kind or another, and for each of us, that particular gift or aptitude is is different. You and I have spoken and and talked about different philosophers uh, for a long time. In my, I did a PhD in philosophy. I I wrote about man in a state of nature, as the philosophers had it. And as you know, people like Rousseau thought man in a state of nature was fine. And then when he entered society, he went into chains. Um, Hobbes. You know, in the English tradition, thought famously, uh, life in the state of nature is solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short, and that we enter civil society in order for things to be better. And then there's another tradition of John Locke, which is closer to, you know, our guys and what they thought when they were writing the Declaration of Independence. Before society, if we can think of it as a reality or as a thought experiment, what is the state of man? I mean, you've already described everyone has a gift or talent, but is it a good state? Is it a bad state? Aristotle, and I know you quote Aristotle a lot, says, look, man man has a sense of, of good and evil and right and wrong, so he forms two institutions, the family and the polis, the family and the state. How do you see this? Well, I think uh, we we need both, but we need e- each one to handle them themselves in a way that that enables people to become the best in themselves rather than than the worst. And and what we see uh, when polis gets out of control, that uh, people tend to be respect, disrespected and kept ignorant, controlled, and and dependent. And this is because the those in power will do anything to protect their position, uh, their power, their influence, and I call that uh, protectionism. And and I know t- today uh, the the common definition of protectionism is is protecting domestic producers against foreign competition. But when I talk about it, I, or when I think about it, I I think about it in terms of of protectionism being destructive self-protection of all kinds, not just, I mean, of, of, of those in power, but also it can be by individuals, organizations uh, of all kinds. And so the way I define it is, is the practice of people protecting their, their position, wealth, privilege, or power uh, from competition and innovation, from th- threats to their, 
their base position and and doing it by destructive means rather than by improving their ability to create value for others. And I think we're all happy for people to have influence, wealth, and so on, as long as they they accomplish it and, and maintain it. Uh, by helping other people improve their lives, not by making their lives worse. And and what we see is as protectionism increases and, and has through history, it has caused societies to stagnate and decline. You, uh, I think we could encapsulate your position vis-a-vis the philosophers I mentioned this way, because this, I think, is a quote of yours, are pretty close. The history of humanity has been the story of the struggle between those who want to make a better life for themselves by creating value for others and those who want power and wealth by exploiting others. That's, yeah, no, that's that's exactly the way I've put it. So, so the protectionism you're talking about is not just the narrow protectionism we talk about in the on the news uh, nightly, but a destructive kind of protection of 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 all human effort, something that frustrates all human effort. G- give give us examples, if you will, of, of that, either from history or, or 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 from today, so we can have a better grasp of it. Well, I uh, that's what uh, what's been happening in this in this country from all well from the beginning, but but it's it's been uh, getting worse uh, lately, and it's uh, the way I look at it, it's it's resulted in a two tiered system uh, of welfare uh, for the wealthy and connected. That's stifling opportunity for those who 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 start with little or or nothing, so they're being left behind. And and to me, this is undermining social progress and pitting people against each other. That is, it's it's uh, creating factions, causing people to attack each other rather than cooperate to solve problems. Because I think what we see through history, and and we would all instinctively agree with, the best societies are those where people cooperate to help each other rather than harm each other. And uh, we all see them now. These factions are there are factions on everything, and they're becoming increasingly hostile. For example, uh, in politics, take take party politics. I mean, in both parties, you see, it's mainly about what will advance the party. So they won't they won't support some policy of the other party, even though they would largely agree with it. If that makes the other party look good, and we see this in in what's called identity politics, where you see yourself as being in a group, so you want your group to have the advantage and other groups to have an a disadvantage. And but we see it then in special interests, all these special interests vying to to rig the system in their favor. We see it in in things like guns. The two different sides yell at each other and call each other names rather than getting together with their opposing views and applying the scientific method to see what has worked to keep children safe in schools. That's what we ought to be focusing on, not. Uh, name calling and and attacking each other, but we see it everywhere in school choice and on climate, on trade, immigration, free speech, foreign policy, criminal justice system, drugs, health care, and so on. And so this is why we're making so little progress on 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 making society better and dealing with some of these problems. 
We begin, however, don't we? I, I just, I just, it's partly a devil's advocate question, but also a ge- genuinely a, a, a question here for me. Um, uh, some of these conflicts are born of human nature itself, are they not? I mean, this is the founder's view. Faction, uh, Madison says, is inevitable because people's interests collide. I'm, I'm thinking of the movements west, across your part of the country, and then even further west, where, you know, people needed water, people settled land, and there were conflicts, and so people built fences, and there were, there were, fight, there were fights over this. The tendency, liberty is to faction what air is to fire, Madison says, so that you can't get rid of faction in, in any absolute sense. There will be conflicts. Uh, and of course, down the road here in our discussion, we'll talk about this. Madison says, that, and this is the function of government to make things better rather than worse. And I know you have, you have thoughts on that. But some of this is incident uh, to human nature itself, right? The, the, the you know, you have you have more property, I have less. I want more of yours, and so on. It, it, p- part of this is uh, comes with the deal in in the, in the human soul, does it not? Well, I'm I'm not so I'm not so sure. I, I I mean, there are elements of that. I mean, we're we're competitive, all of us. But to me, it's a, a lot of it depends on what kind of system. If you have a system where the way to to get ahead or get what you want is take advantage of another person, as we see has happened throughout history, then that's going to be the main thing: is factions. I mean, it's what George Washington were, were, uh, uh, warned us about political parties, that p- political parties would tell you they're they're looking after your interests. But no, they're looking after their own. They want to advance the interest and the power of the party, of their party. And so we've got to minimize parties. We've got to minimize special interests. And, and that's why what my efforts are are directed toward and uh, and and my vision of of a, of a society that minimizes these problems that you're referring to in these conflicts is is to move toward a society of what I call equal rights and mutual benefit where people succeed by creating value for others. And to the extent that we have that kind of, of society and those kind of rules and build that kind of culture, then we maximize cooperation. It's uh, it's what Tocqueville found when he visited the, the U.S. in the 1830s. Uh, he came over here to find out why the U.S. was so much more progressive than France and growing and improving, and France wasn't. And what he found, and this was just for the segment of the population that had equal rights, but he found uh, out of, an, what he, the way he put it, out of enlightened regard for themselves, everyone was assisting each other. So we see it doesn't have to be everybody's in conflict and fighting. If if people believe it's in their interest to help others and that then the others will help them, then we can change the system. And we see the, the, the best societies in history are those that did a better job of that. Are they perfect? Do we ever have utopia? No. Okay, so rivalry, conflict, and then worse, destruction, war, are not inevitable to the human condition. It depends on how we set up a system, uh, and if we do not set up a system of mutual exploitation, but mutual cooperation, we can get beyond it. I, I'm glad you mentioned Tocqueville. He has that wonderful phrase, I, I remember 
uh, where he talks about just marveling. I know you recall this, Charles, at uh, a group of people building building a house together, all the citizens in a community. You remember everybody getting a piece of the work. Um, and this is a spirit of cooperation, not competition, uh, or not ruthless competition, um, that he said uh, seems to be almost uniquely American, at least to his eye at the uh, at the time. And the, and that's the best thing we we see, or some of the best uh, aspects that uh, of our society today, like Joplin when they had the horrible tornado. Uh, People in that community helped each other rebuild the homes. People from all over the country came in. The same thing was true in Houston with with their disaster from the the hurricane. And so we we still have elements of that. And but we've got to celebrate that and understand how to bring more of that about rather than this increasing factionalism. Yeah, there's a there's a sentiment out there that Americans are their best in disasters and catastrophes, and one is tempted to ask, do we have to wait for a disaster or catastrophe in order to show our best? And your answer is no, we don't. No, we we just need to 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 get the rules that way, and that's I mean I mean if you look at these, I, I have in this uh, in this vision of society, I I see four essential elements. Equal rights, mutual benefit, openness, and Maslow's term of self-actualization, which is just uh, fully uh, developing your, your potential and being the best you can be. Next week, we'll dive into what Charles sees as the four essential elements of society that we need to address to bring about the kind of change we want. This is a Bill Bennett podcast special feature, a conversation with Charles Koch.